Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, work-life balance expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co-authors and experts from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self-empowerment with their personal stories and real-life experiences that will help you on your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Eastern. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Change Book Radio Show. It's your host, Deb Crow. I want to start off this episode on personal development. Do you long to be different? I it will introduce Doug Harrell, author in just a moment, but I want to thank our June 2018 sponsor, and that's Susan Sharp. Susan owns a different motivational speaker and workshop presenter. And her goal is to help people find their unique niche, navigate the workplace, and to really help them with conflict and to feel more inspired. She is also a wonderful artist, and this week she's highlighting all of her beautiful prints, and I've got her website listed on the episode info for you to check out. So if you are a collector or such as a hotel or a home stager, you may want to check out some of her beautiful pieces. And I'm happy to say that I'm going to her beautiful work show at the end of this month in Illinois. So Susan, I look forward to, to seeing all of your work. So my guest today is Doug Harris, book 13. And Doug earned his bachelor's from Blue Ridge Institute in North Carolina. He has over 26 years experience in the food industry. Than the Warmix company and has moved on to other companies as well. He's held positions of increasing understanding of the, completeness, the completeness of life in every facet. Doug has a passion to teach this about life and leadership for what he calls touching people for time and eternity. So, Doug, welcome to the Change Book Radio Show. Thank you, Debbie. It's really an honor to be on, and I'm really looking forward to the to the show. And thank you so much for doing the show for for all of us that get to listen. And it's just a really honor to be on with you. Thank you so much. Well, Doug, it's an honor and privilege for me to do the show, and I really enjoy interviewing all of the co-authors in this amazing book series. So, when you received your call from Jim Luke. What was your decision to join this amazing global community? And then the second part of my question is, what shows trade up personal development? Um, well, my my desire, well, sort of they both go hand in hand. My desire to join the 
the uh, the author group of the of the Amazing Change book was to one to personally keep growing. Uh, I think I have a, an amazing story to to tell. Personal development literally changed my life uh, over the past ten years. Um, so when they asked me to write something about personal development, it was it was sort of right in in my wheelhouse and in my passion. And then you know ultimately, I believe that. The only way to live life is through continuously improving in personal development, and and the more folks we can influence uh, is certainly the opportunity, and, and just to be able to get the word out because so many of us live for quote unquote the American dream, and then at the age of 40 or so we reach it and realize it left us empty because we stopped growing personally and we stopped developing personally. Well, I I agree with you. Of being a lifelong learner, and you have spent most of your career in the food industry. So, how have you aligned your personal development with your professional development? Uh, well, it's 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 went hand in hand. Obviously, I have a you know I have a goal in five by the age of fifty five, which is now three and a half years to be the number one leadership motivational speaker in the world. So a lot of my personal development is around leadership because if if you're not growing as a leader, eventually the folks that you serve uh, are not going to grow either. So that the, the, the leadership piece is, is really you know my passion and the personal development and the personal growth is, is what keeps you going as a leader, what keeps you fresh as a leader, what allows you to keep influencing the folks that you serve as a leader. So it's went hand in hand for me around the leadership. I'm classically taught in the Toyota production system, which is about serving leadership and, and how we lead people. We assuming the best of people and that most folks want to do a good job. So how do we lead them? So literally the last six years, I've probably read a thousand books and a lot of those are around my own development because a lot of times if, if you've ever worked for someone, you sort of feel like you hit a glass ceiling because you know about as much as they do and, and there's nowhere else to grow uh, or to go is because that leader hasn't kept growing as a leader himself. So as a leader, my, my development is critical to the folks that I serve so they can keep growing and then also to the companies that I serve, whether it's by employment or whether it's by consulting opportunity. Um, I believe we owe the world to be our absolute best, and that's what I'm passionate about. And so with so around leadership, developing people, my growth has allowed me to continue to grow to where I can develop and have developed lots of people to where they went further in their career than they ever could. Because leadership ultimately at the end of the day is taking people somewhere where they, that, they, that they wouldn't have got on their own. Well, I think you've made some really uh, interesting points, and I wanted to ask you, being a leader and teaching and talking, professionally speaking, about leadership, what are some of the essential qualities that you think are a great leader? Um, I, think, I think passion, a heart to serve other people. Obviously, the technical skill set in whatever field you're in, but I believe everything rises and falls on leadership. And I believe if 
if people fail, a lot of times people fail because leadership has failed them. So it's it's ultimately it's, it's critical in, in the fact that that as leaders we you know we get to influence people. I'm I'm working on a, another uh, book concept that's around the honor of leading. Leading, uh, not that the honor is ours, but the honor inside of the responsibility. Because leading people really, really is a responsibility. If the blind lead the blind, they both fall in the ditch. So when we take on the role of leadership, whether it's around children, whether it's around family, whether it's around church, community, or business, you're taking a role that, and you're making the commitment that I'm honored to get to serve you, and I'm honored to get to lead you, and I'm going to make a commitment that I'm going to do my very, very best to maximize the opportunity that we both have in order to grow. So I think that's critical. I totally agree with you, and I think those are some great characteristics that someone who's in a leadership position or even coaching or speaking on leadership should truly do that with you about soft skills because I've been seeing a lot of articles on the Internet and a lot of blogs written around soft skills. Soft skills are becoming hard facts and where leaders can have a lot of schooling and a lot of initials after their name, but they're lacking those great communication skills. How do you think someone who may have the education but not have the soft skills, if you will, how do you think that they can shift and improve that to become a better leader if they're already in a leadership position? Well, I think that there's a, one, there's a dramatic distinction between a manager and a leader. I believe we manage process. I believe we lead people. Um, certainly the technical skills are are critical, but they're not nearly as critical as the soft skills. Uh, as a leader, you know, Henry Ford said that I don't need to know all the answers because I have great men around me that knows all the answers, but as a leader, my job is to know who those men are and how to get them all to work the same direction. So I think as a leader, those soft skills are are so, so much more critical. I, I think a lot of folks coming out of school, they, they have technical ability and, and they, they don't have the people skills that they need. I'm thinking of a, of a young engineer that, uh, that I get to serve that's just a great technical engineer, very black and white, very smart, very detail-oriented. But when he gets in front of a crowd, it's almost like a robot to where he turns his audience off because his people skills and those soft skills are so are so lacking that I literally told him, I said, you know, part of your development is you have to go and and, and, and find a, a Dale Carnegie course on how to win those and those people, how to uh, some kind of course that helps you to relate to people. And then I also think the servant leadership model really, really helps to break down that bridge for somebody that that's in a leadership role or a manager supervisor role. Because the difference between traditional leadership and servant leadership, traditional says, Debbie, how come you don't have this done? Servant leadership says, Debbie, how can I help you get this done? That's a very small distinction, but it's very huge in, inside of how we make people feel. It's about us being successful, not you being successful. And if you're not, I'm still going to be. That's, I think those soft skills are, in my opinion, they're the most critical unless you're in a very, very technical position. Even in a technical position, I've led engineers, and I've led engineers, and I've led engineers really, really well because I had enough soft skills to be able 
to pull the right rope at the right time with the people on your team that have the skill set. Thank you brought up a valid point, and uh, it leads me into my next question uh, quite nicely. You could you can all that achievement with those initials, but I think the so- the soft skills are parallel for me, and they go hand in hand with because, in my humble and evolving opinion, I think a good leader isn't simply empowered to make decisions. Really think that they're willing to take on the risk of decision making, and I know that's another element that's difficult for people to really allow themselves to have that decisiveness without themselves. Yeah, I think you know I've been in a leadership role since I was 21 years old, literally at the very front line supervisor, all the way up to an executive level. We get paid to make decisions. Uh, I was one of my great coaches told me try to never make the wrong decision twice. But ultimately, you can't be paralyzed by paralysis, by analysis. You can't be paralyzed by fear of making decisions. If you make enough decisions, you're going to make a wrong one. Uh, The last job that I was in, I served 600 people. Every day, somebody inside of those 600 people would make a mistake. You know, our job is to keep on pitching. Our job is to keep is to, is, to, is to keep going and making decisions, but learning from those decisions. So two things. One, learning from the decisions. If you've made a wrong one, how do you not make that same mistake twice? But then also making a well-informed decision. I would, at the end of the day, as a leader, you have to make the decision. But the more information you can collect from a really, really good team, the better chance of success you have inside of making that decision. So I think getting as much detail and information as you can, not making a decision on an island because of arrogance, but making a decision based on the information known at the time, making the best decision that you can make is all you can do. But at the end of the day, you get paid to make decisions. Make them. If you make the wrong one, own it really quickly. Hey, I messed this up. Here's what we're going to do next. And then try not to not to make the same one over again. But when you make it, when you make a mistake or you make a decision that's wrong or that could have been better, be the first one to own it. Raise your hand and say, "Okay, I messed that one up." Because people respect that. Because we are human, we are going to make a wrong decision. And a lot of people, because they they have a perfection complex of I have to be perfect, they don't make a decision. Well, no decision is a decision. So we have to make those decisions as leaders. That's what we get paid to do. That is our fiduciary responsibility. That's our responsibility in making the hard decisions. So make them. Try to make it as well educated as you can. And then also, if you mess up, own it and learn from it. I think it's such a key point. A couple things that you said there that really uh, resonated with me is but they own it. So if they make a mistake, they own it, and then they know what plan B is, and they execute action. So I think that is, like, really great advice. And I'm wondering, again, for you personally, who are some of the leaders who you have looked 
looked up to and, and maybe been mentored by Doug that led you to do the work that you're doing today? Well, on the speaking side, obviously, I've, I have an amazing speaking coach, Ms. Ona Brown, uh, the daughter of Les Brown. and She's been instrumental. But as far as business leadership, I certainly have a lot of respect for the people that have personally taught me. But you know, there's some great stuff with Jack Welch, Alan Mulally, the, the fellow that did the turnaround with Ford. Certainly, I'm a, I'm a student of the Toyota way. So there's a Toyota way of lean leadership. There's been so many great leaders that have that that have left us volumes of information. Uh, the truckers in the world and the manufacturing. There's just been so many great leaders that I I really can't. You know, I love leadership. I go through five, six books a week still today. I love growing. I love learning. Uh, one great leader said his prayer was always to be effective, never to be famous. But he said, because I'm effective, fame came. So I think as leaders, our goal should be, our job is to be effective. And our and our passion is help me to be effective. And then effectiveness comes, then comes the rest of the the, the glamour of life, if, if we so desire. But as a leader, I've always wanted to be successful and effective, first and foremost, in serving my team. And then allowing that team to do great things and we get to enjoy the fruit of that together. Well, it certainly sounds like a good model to take. And I think as leaders, um, and I, I would love for you to chime in on this. When you work your way up in corporate America and you work your way up that ladder, you get to the top. Sometimes it can be very lonely if you've got to the top of, of what your achievement goal is. And I'm sure you've had clients in this uh, area of achievement. What are what are some of the or some of the recommendations that you would give to someone who's kind of reached great heights and they're at the top of that glass ceiling and there's nowhere else to go? It can be very lonely being a leader. What are what are some of your recommendations or some of your coaching around that? Well a couple of things. One I used to subscribe to that very, very same uh, concept. And sometimes it is lonely as a a leader when you're making a decision. But there's an amazing book that I read maybe three months ago. It's called The Power of Others. And it actually deals with that subject of loneliness inside of leadership. And it changed my perspective on that. Because sometimes we're, we're lonely inside of leadership because we haven't learned how to grow and trust the people that are around us. Uh, Yeah, at the end of the day, there's only one person that the buck stops with. But the power of others, I think the guy's name was Henry something. I'm not even sure. But that book totally enlightened me about three months ago on this thing because I used to almost wear it as a badge of courage that leadership is lonely, but then I recognized it's only lonely because I decided on a lot of cases to isolate myself because I feel like there was nobody I could trust. And at the end of the day, there's lots of great people that want to do great things. And, and I think that we, we could be a more effective leader if we bring folks in closer with roles and responsibilities, with structure to help us make some of those decisions. But certainly 
leadership has been strong as, as lonely for a long, long time, and I've certainly felt that many, many years. But honestly, reading that book, again, that's why I'm a big personal self-development guy. Uh, reading that book probably three months ago, it was recommended by another friend of mine that was in leadership. Uh, and then also I think having being members of peer groups will also help that. Some of the greatest things in my life is, is I joined a peer group where you met once a month and everybody's in a round robin around the table of what you were struggling with. And then it helps you also to realize you're not alone because at the end of the day, people are people and problems are problems. And they might come in different shapes and sizes, but they're similar. And it does help to know that, man, I thought I was on an island, but this is sort of normal. And, and you can you can get some good mentorship. And then certainly the, the mentorship that you had mentioned, I think having great mentors is just huge. It's just so big to be able to ask folks to help you and, and be willing to take that help. And there's so many folks out there that, that are willing to help literally for nothing. But, you know, obviously even, you know, paying for mentors and paying for coaching, if you want to get to the top of your field, that's also a great opportunity. Well, I'm excited that you mentioned um, that cloud. And I've read another one of his books, which is really great, Doug. It's called Boundaries for Leaders. So I realized uh, he had written another book. So thank you for sharing that with me and, and with our listeners. And I wanted to ask what's on your, what's on your plate for the second half of, of 2018 that uh, you can share with us. And will you share your website with our listeners? Yeah, our, our website is uh, www.timeandeternity.com. Um, there's a couple of things that are going on. I've, I've taken a, a leadership position in about a $500 million food group with Vice President of Operational Strategy, and I get to coach and develop inside of what I love to do and then certainly continue my speaking career uh, around other businesses, I've got the opportunity to go around the world and literally implement the leadership standard and standard work of, of what we do inside of business, but then also just encouraging folks inside of my speaking around the completeness of life, around the ability to, you know, to, to enjoy life and, and not have to carry it so hard on your own. And my passion, you know, ultimately really is to affect folks for both time and eternity and around the legacy and around what we leave and, Sometimes you learn a lot by failing, and that's probably most of my career. But I have been passionate about learning from it and, and just sharing others that they may, they may not, they don't have to skin their knee where I've skinned my knees. Well, that's certainly insightful. Do you have a leadership quote that you've read over the course of your career or when you were younger that inspired you that had stuck with you? There's so, so many. I think the one that I quote every time I do a speech is, is the Jack Welch quote of when you were, when you were made a leader, you weren't given a crown, you were given the responsibility to bring out the best in others. That really is means a lot to me because I think that's what leadership's about. It's not about I've made it. It's about now I have this amazing sense of obligation to bring out the best in the folks that I get to serve. Uh, I quote that in a leadership presentation that I do, whether it's 
a four-hour or two-day presentation. I usually quote that twice because I think it's so powerful because I think the old way was I want to be the boss, I want to be the boss, I want to be the boss. And then, but it's not about being the boss. It's about serving others in order to have an opportunity to lead them that you may invest in them to bring out the best in them. There's nothing I'm more prouder of than the people that I could point to today that are at a different place economically, financially, spiritually, emotionally, because I've got to invest just a little bit in their lives. Really inspiring. I wanted to share with you one of my favorite leadership quotes is by Mother Teresa. And I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the water to create many ripples. And and I think those words can take great definitions and ideas. And it just, it, to me, it just encompasses everything that I, I feel so, well, I just want to thank you for uh, taking the time out of your day to uh, let me interview you on the Radio Show and just wish you continued success with your leadership role and what you're doing, both vocationally and also with speaking. And just an honor and privilege to be a co-author with you in the Change Book series. Uh, thank you so much. The honor is truly mine. I really appreciate what you're doing for for us, and it's just so, so honored to be with you. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, my pleasure. So take care and look forward to being in touch. Bye-bye. To talk about on the Change Book Radio Show is personal development and professional development. So I really want to thank from for sharing some of his wisdom and his insight. I, I truly feel we're better together when we collaborate and have that which we do in this amazing, beautiful global community. And I want to thank my sponsor, Susan Sharp, from a short difference. Susan website on Etsy, and it's called a sharp contrast. So if you head over to forward slash shop, forward slash a sharp contrast, you will see some beautiful art that Susan has created. And she's actually having an art show later this month in Illinois that I mentioned earlier. I'm honored to join her on the closing night uh, of that beautiful show. And I know she has over 55 pieces of art. And for all of your success in your business and with your art. And I want to thank you for joining me. And I just wanted to close off by letting you know that I am having my first annual Women's Self-Care Conference in October.com. And you can click on the icon for Women's Self-Care Conference. It's on Saturday, October 20th. Deadline is July the 15th. So get your spot. We only have 100 seats and it's just a dynamic day. Full of amazing speakers, networking, fitness, nutrition, yoga, and mindfulness. And yours truly is going to be talking about work life integration. So thanks again. This is Deb Crow, your host from the Changebook Radio Show. Thank you for joining me today. Have a great week.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.